Hello, inside the ropes. Yes, you're free to the podcast department. How can I help? Rustling? You're hearing rustling. Okay, that could be a sound quality issue, but most of our guys have good mu- Oh, excuse me, sorry, re- wrestling. Without the E. Hmm. Okay, let me just see. Well, we do have one. It's a show, quite a small show, covers everything non-WWE and AEW. Is that kind of what you're looking for? Good stuff, because we are live. It is the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling, spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. We're talking all of the graps without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti. We are simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam. This guy is Gareth. Hey. And it is the Inside the Ropes podcast network that you are on. Thank you so much for your time, as always. My word, we've got a lot to get through this week. We tackled not one, not two, not three, but four shows, not in their entireties, but bits and bobs from Impact, from Frog Sport, from Pro Wrestling Noah, and from New Japan. Quite the selection. So, Gareth, let me bring you in right off the bat. Where are we going first, my man? Uh, I think we're going to head over to Camp Leapfrog and their Matt Mikowski's Frog Sport. Very good, very good. So Camp Leapfrog kind of came out of the ashes of Chikara. Mm. So it was founded in 2020. Um, and it's the brainchild of Ref Chris Levin, who I don't know if you remember, but Edith Surreal spoke very fondly of on, yes. on our interview. I do, I do remember, yeah. So it does feature like a lot of the younger people from... Chikara jumped over here and the kind of premise is vaguely that it's a it's a summer camp and uh, it's run by high tension wrestling and they're at camp outside in small town Pennsylvania ah, okay very good very good and yeah, so this was a quite an interesting show because this was uh, Matt Mikowski's frog sport mm-hmm. which was a take on blood sport of course and... yeah so I think it's probably a little bit different than the usual style of show they run, but not without any of the over-the-top silliness that, oh, yeah. you know, I would kind of expect from what I knew of the promotion already. And there was plenty of that here, which was absolutely great. I mean, I was sold from the very first scene, and it was a scene indeed where Cheeseburger and another chap, I forget his name, um, were possessed seemingly and attacked Matt Mikowski in the backstage area and they went on to have a corridor fight straight out of a netflix marvel show you know daredevil stuff it was absolutely fantastic it was really neatly choreographed wasn't it it really was it was good fun and throughout the whole show there were a lot of callbacks to mortal Kombat, uh with the music with the fight screens with the little taunts that the wrestlers did before their yeah, matches. Yeah, I, I love that. That was such a neat touch. Yeah, so if you haven't seen it yet, um, at the start of every match, before the bell rang, the camera would just go to each wrestler and they'd either do a taunt or they'd a couple of lines worth of smack talk. It was just great. It was just a yeah. nice start, but it was very kind of playstation 2 beat them up it was yeah. great it's like the character selection screen before the before the match started absolutely right do you know what it really reminded me of is the oh was it mayhem wcw mayhem game mm-hmm. or, or thunder perhaps maybe it was the thunder game where you'd hover over the character when you're selecting them and they'd all just start talking right <laughs> off the bat it was great it was, it was a bit overpowering but it was awesome really cool so Lots of fun to be had on this show. And yeah, let's just jump straight into it. So it was on IWTV, mm-hmm. uh, the streaming service. Loads of good stuff on there, by the way. Um, you know, if you're into US indies, they've got Lucha on there. They've got some Japanese stuff. I think got Riptide. 
Riptide's on there from the UK, Sendai Girls on there, Freedom. So loads of good stuff on there. Well worth. I definitely think, you know, in terms of spending $10 a month, in terms of the variety of content, it might be maybe the best sort of $10 you can you can spend just for the breadth of wrestling you can get from it. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's certainly there for the variety, that's for sure. Absolutely. So we jumped in at the quarterfinals. There were matches that took place prior to the show that we watched, but the quarterfinals and we got all the way through to the end of the tournament. And there were a couple of standalone matches here as well. So G-Money, talk me through it. What did you think of this one? So I really enjoyed this start to finish. So there was, I think, an obvious final match to this tournament, you know, yes. from the get-go for, for my money. And, you know, it just goes back to the point that wrestling doesn't have to be unpredictable for unpredictability's sake, swerve for the sake of a swerve. I really liked that the two seemingly most talented and well-known competitors are the ones that made it to the finals here. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, what, who we're talking about here is uh, Matt Mikowski, uh, the namesake of this very show, and uh, Darius Carter, who we've spoken about before when we talked about pro wrestling magic, and we will get onto magic a bit later in the show as well. They were, when you saw their names in the bracket, on opposite sides of the bracket, my immediate hope was, come yeah. on, that's got to be the final. We've got to see that match. Of course. I really enjoyed Darius's march to the finals, taking a trophy from every one of his competitors that he defeated along the way. Yeah, so he stole a mask and he stole an elbow pad, co- elbow pad, bits of costume, and it was interesting as well because after every match that he had, all the audience would turn outwards mm-hmm. and turn their backs on He's him, very and walk around berating them. And look, man, Darius Carter's a star. I don't know who needs to hear it, but. He's going to be huge at some yeah. point soon. I would, I would love to get him on the podcast before he, he, he really breaks out. Yes, no, definitely. We'll try and work that out. This weekend, he was all over the place. So he was on this show. He was on Polyam Cult Party Part Three. He was on Pro Wrestling Magic's two shows. You know, Red Letter Day Night One and Night Two, mm. and was just having great matches across the board. I just think it is just a matter of time before he gets the attention of a larger promotion and gets signed to a deal. Yeah, I don't disagree. But in the interim, I love that he is just popping up here, there and everywhere on the indie scene and just being great at his job, being a great heel, being great in the ring, Mm. cutting good promos. Yeah, And such a unique style as well, because he's Mm. got that kind of catch style with a you know, enough of a smattering of the sort of world of sport UK style that it makes it, different and unique and he's a really interesting wrestler to watch i really enjoyed his matches uh, throughout the tournament i liked his one with uh, janai kai yes the wrestler versus striker it's perfect it was very mma yeah that really stood out to me and somebody i'd say the other person in this tournament that i don't know if they have the ceiling that darius carter does but who i will look forward to seeing in future was yoya Yes, absolutely. I was hoping you'd say that. Absolutely. He was really great. Not only was he good in the ring, but great little talker, you know, lots of trash talk and just a, a good presence in there as well. So I was really impressed with um, Yo-Yo as well. It's the first time I'd seen him. Yeah, I think I've I think I've seen him maybe on other shows. Like, so I know before I watched Frogsport, I know he was on the Polyam Cult, mm. but like, he didn't he wasn't like seared into my brain from seeing that one match but he really has cemented himself a kind of place 
by virtue of his his two matches on this show. Yeah, definitely. I was impressed with Jordan Blade for the sort of brief match with Yo Yo that um, went down in the first round. I thought that was really decent. The other person that I think is really worth talking about here is Matt Mikowski himself. Yeah. He looks and feels like a star. Um, and, you know, I definitely think that he and Darius in particular could go much, much further mm. or will go much, much further yeah. should they wish to. So I could see these two being the once shows are running more and more and kind of thing, you know, crowds are returning. These, I think these guys are going to be two of the guys on the indies that kind of turn up everywhere and are high up the card, you know, and are hugely in demand. Well, i tell you what, you know, I was thinking about this watching the main event because uh, so the, uh, Darius Carter and Matt Mikowski was the final of um, Frog Sport and it was a bloody good match, mm. really good stuff, thoroughly enjoyed this match and real complimentary styles with Darius's catch world of sports style versus Mikowski's more sort of MMA jiu-jitsu oriented stuff with a huge amount of just general pro wrestling goodness thrown in as well. It was a, a really complimentary matchup across the board but i was thinking you know these two would do well to recognize the synergies that they have mm. and you know when we were speaking with adam brooks back uh, on that interview a, a while back you brought up the point about ring of honor importing rivalries mm-hmm. um and much like they were hoping to do with brooksy and slex i could see mikowski and carter being yeah. the sort of t- pairing that they look at let's take the show on the road and i i think ring of honor would be a good fit for both those guys actually absolutely Mm. you know another thing i just want to say about matt mikowski is i think all of his matches here had really great finishes Mm -hmm. like memorable finishes so you had the um razor's edge into uh neba and then you had the belly to belly off the top rope into an armbar yeah to win the tournament and yeah they were both just oof that belly to belly into the armbar that was the coolest thing such yeah. a cool finish really memorable finish you yeah know, it really that's was. the kind of thing that i think if this was done in a, maybe a, a promotion that maybe had more eyes on it that kind of gif would have been doing the rounds mm, yeah definitely it reminded me of it. it was a much bigger more explosive version of uh demetrius mighty mouse johnson uh, the former UFC fighter now in one FC, in, he had a fight which was going almost to the distance, and right at the end, he basically did like a pop-up armbar, <laughs> and he chucked the guy up, and as he was coming down, caught him in an armbar and tapped him out. Beautiful. And I feel like so many people have seen that and since sort of developed moves based on it. Um, but maybe, maybe DJ saw Matt Mikowski do it first. Who knows? <laughs> but I've always been a fan of, and I think that's why I really enjoyed doing this podcast of spotting people on their way up you yeah. know i almost t- i tend to slightly lose interest when they're kind of at the top um i, I like catching people early and sort mm. of watching that journey and this was a this is a great show for that there was lots of people on here that you think oh, okay well they could probably do bits yeah you mentioned jenna kai earlier i think there's something interesting mm. there like yeah what i she think was she's doing. got something yeah she had a sort of a martial arts kind of gimmick and i, I thought her look was very cool as well, so I could see her doing Absolutely. stuff. And yeah, it was it was a really good show for that. It it got me quite excited about the US indie scene, which Definitely. I don't always feel as much as I would like to. So yeah, no. it, was, it was really good fun. So just as well, where we were talking about Jordan Blade, yes, she's the Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Champion. 
Is that right? Yes. There's a fair bit of crossover here between people on on this card and people that sort of pop up in Pro Wrestling Magic as well. Very cool. And this is kind of like the bubbling US Indies, isn't it? You know, you're really seeing people perhaps a little bit earlier on, but doing good things. And you can you can definitely see people that are gonna go much further. Our pal Edith was on the show as well. Yes. Wrestling in a Soviet death match. Was really looking forward to talking about this with you. I loved this match. Me too. I thought this was it's immediately going on the on the spreadsheet of matches of the year (laughs) for me. Like yeah, just that and the um, frog sport main event. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Just the uh, the aesthetics of it was just so perfect. Sort of a ring in the snow. Yes, yes. This was against Masha Slamovich, who I'd heard lots about and was really looking forward to seeing, and she did disappoint as well. A really great little video package yeah. prior to this match as well. You know, and you don't often see that level of production, like in no, terms of I thought it was really laying high out quality. feuds. Really, really good. Really quality stuff. Yeah. And just had me really champing at the bit to see this match. So just to set the scene, uh, you know, the whole of the show was basically set in one place bar this match, which I think was supposedly set in in Russia somewhere. (laughs) But it was just, as Gareth alluded to, it was snow everywhere, complete field of snow. The ring was, the, the ring apron was white, I believe, as well from memory. And the ring ropes were red. <laughs> it just looked really effective and really, powerful. Really and they went everywhere as well. You know, it was a real uh, war of attrition. There were some crazy table spots, you know, table spots, spots to this. the outside. Some, it was just nuts. Some stuff that really left me with my jaw on the floor, like legitimately. Yeah. I was just like sat there like stiff as a board, like, like yeah. just really <laughs> kind of worried for these competitors just because yeah. some of the stuff looked... Her, yeah, horrendous in the best possible way. It was bloody good, wasn't it? And I think probably my favourite Edith Surreal match to date, actually. Yeah, I, I, I'd say so. Like, I think, you know, it's all, she's sort of really put it all together. You know, I think she did a really good job of portraying her character, doing good character work, as well mm-hmm. as putting on a, a killer match here. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really want to see more of Masha as well. Yes, um, Slamovich is no slouch. No, no. Does she ever say... Masha Slamovich will slam a bitch. Surely she says that. <laughs> I don't know. If she doesn't, that's for free. You're welcome. Um, but she does uh, She does bits in Marvelous over in Japan, mm. which is but, sort of how I'd seen her name before. And... Yeah. The other kind of aesthetic thing that really stood out to me was the blood in the snow. So Yeah, absolutely. Masha got busted open and just left Brutally a trail of so. blood in the, in, the, in the white, white snow. And it, yeah, it really... Just, just so many of the visuals in this match, I thought, were so it was well filmed, great visuals. Both competitors used their own version of the mist as well, and like so that looks pretty cool in the snow as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was, it was a really fun one, and as you say, it was shot really well. You know, the production was good in it, um, which you don't always get with indies of of this size. But I think they did a brilliant job. Yeah. So definitely the- want to seek out if you want to see something a bit different. The action was really, really good. Um, if if I had one nitpick, there was a, a table spot uh, where uh, I think Masha went through the table yeah. and she just got up so damn quickly. Yeah, not sort of Leo Rush quickly, but pretty quickly and quicker it, than you would like. Yeah, yeah, that was the only thing that kind it's of brought me out though. a bit a, a touch. But yeah, look, overall that was really really good fun. Yeah. So yeah, hats off. I just think the whole Camp Leapfrog team should really be 
commended. I think they've they put on a really fun show here, and I for one, you know, um, want to dive into the back catalogue now and and looking forward to their next show in May. That's it. This is the best compliment you could possibly give them is that we'll be watching the next show. It was my first exposure, and I'm in. So yeah, really great stuff. Lovely to see a company carrying on that chikara kind of vibe if Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you know it was nice that the the wrestling was there to sink your teeth into but the story that surrounded it wasn't yeah as steeped in reality as everything else that you see you know it was it was fun it was just fun so yeah good stuff really enjoyed that that's on iwtv so well worth your time and cash if you get a chance to check that out and i think that pretty much does it for fraugsport what was that accent? Do you recommend checking out the sort of big two matches we talked about? Yeah. But you know, elsewhere on the indie circuit this weekend, how about how about we jump over to Impact Rebellion? Let's do it. Impact Rebellion, yeah. So for me, this so I watched this whole show. Okay. And this was probably start to finish, probably the most consistent modern impact show I've watched. Really? You know, in terms wow, of the okay. in terms of pay-per-view where there was nothing here that I would clearly have gone like, oh no, they should have just cut that off. You know, what this has got no business being on a on a pay per view. I don't know if it's I'm a little bit clouded because I've for, for the first time as well I've watched I watched a whole month's worth of TV like Impact TV and mm-hmm. Hardcore Justice leading into this event. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew the background to all the matches. I wasn't just watching them in isolation, so that probably helped to some degree yeah. but especially the show was bookended by two fantastic matches the opener three-way josh alexander ace austin and tjp for the x division title was just a great classic style x division three-way match yeah love josh alexander getting the win here you know i think he's going to be a really good champion i would like a little bit of stability in the division it does feel like the titles really bounced around you know the x division titles really bounced around so it'd be nice to kind of have a a decent rain here from from Josh. You know, yeah. probably the best thing, the thing I've enjoyed most that's had TJP involved in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> that's cool. I'd like to see our guy Ace Austin maybe move on from the X Division. Yeah. He's yeah. he feels like he could kind of go elsewhere, couldn't he? Absolutely, yeah. He I think he could be sort of challenging for the for the world title that's down the line quite easily. But yeah, like everything else I thought on the card was at the very least compelling even if not necessarily like a great match like it served uh the story um looking forward to seeing jordan grace and rachel Aring, what they can do with the tag titles yeah that is an interesting one that is interesting and i see that uh, uh so i haven't actually seen the whole show i've just seen the main event which we'll talk about in a minute but i noticed that uh diana Prazo retained the belt again and she yeah i i just think it's remarkable how she's gone from where she was in NXT to yep. where she is now. And I'm actually writing part of an article about that for the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine. It's incredible to watch her. I think of all the people that got released at that point from WWE, she's the one that's come the furthest because she really was a, you know, in sort of character terms, a, a nobody. She was scarcely used on NXT. And now she's probably one of the foremost women's champions, women's wrestlers yeah. in the entire world, or just wrestlers in the entire world. I think she's just she's just done a cracking job of mm. reinventing herself. Definitely. I really thought, I did think Tenille, did look like Tenille was going to win this one, but I'm glad Diana's reign persists. 
Yeah, I, I don't know who who unseats her, to be honest mm. with you. Yeah, I think some you know, they really need to build somebody up. Unless it's unless it's Sue Young. Well, I wouldn't be against it being Sue Young. No. Sue Young's awesome. Let's talk about this main event then. Yes. This is Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan. AEW title versus the Unified Impact and TNA titles. Big match, big stakes. Felt like a big one too. It did. You know who's really good? Mauro Ranello. He is. Mauro yeah. Ranello was a guest commentator for this one. Just immediately up the ante, added a touch of class. He's just excellent at what he does. Mm-hmm. They'd be they do well to try and get him on a full time deal. Absolutely. It's not like weekly live stuff it's you know 90 minutes a week of like pre-recorded stuff mm-hmm. and then a three-hour pay-per-view every every few months yeah you know, that's not a, that's not a hectic schedule that's much easier to kind of manage and mitigate his against his sort of mental sort of health troubles that he been quite open about dealing yeah. with and his other commitments as well he yeah, has a lot course. of stuff so yeah absolutely i mean even if they just rotated him in uh, when he was available, yeah, like I thought he worked really well with D'Lo and Stryker. Me too. Yeah, I thought he was great. He just added quite a lot to this one. Yeah, just he's got he added like that gravitas. That's it. That's it. Yeah, real sort of sense of urgency about the match. Um, yeah. So what did, what did you think of this one? Re- really enjoyed it. Mm. You know, Rich Swan looked fantastic here. You know, mm-hmm. he looked. You know, they did a good job of making Rich seem very much on Kenny's level here. I do think it was kind of nailed on that Kenny was going to win. I think the only way that Rich that uh, Kenny wasn't walking out the door with the titles was if there'd been a non-finish, and they were very clear about that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, and that's something that really has marred Impact pay per views for me in the past is bad finishes. Mm. Yeah. So you know, it was great this having like a very definitive finish, and yeah, I think you know Rich Swan still looks fantastic even in defeat. Yeah, so I'd go along with some of that. Um, I do think he he looked good, and I think you know, so as a wrestler, he always looks good because he's a mm. brilliant wrestler. And I think they did a really good job of sort of attempting to position him as Kenny's equal. But mm. I just thought what I saw in the ring, even before they started wrestling, I felt like you could kind of see the levels between them. Mm. But just Kenny has a real presence about him yeah um and you know it was really telling because you know he just had the one belt and rich swan had two and he still didn't look as formidable or as much of a champion as omega did in Mm. my mind anyway Mm. i just felt like there was there's a a slight difference in how they carry themselves it's almost a one of those unteachable things um so but hey look it was a fantastic match rich one's ace you know if if this leads to a bit of rich swan on AEW, then fantastic news that's really great for him um but i thought this was a really good fun fast-paced thriller of a match a couple of messy bits here and there which seemed quite odd to be honest with you because they were quite nondescript things that just seemed to collapse like they both went up to the top rope together a couple of times and just sort of yeah just fell didn't. yeah <laughs> like, yeah i did notice that but you know it's it, it didn't really detract from the match i yeah, didn't think it didn't, anyway. didn't pull me out of the the match tool which sometimes no. those things can i wanted to talk about the 
there was a point towards the end of the match where Rich was just kneeling, kind of prone. Mm. And rather than doing the running V-triggers, Kenny just leveled him with, I think, at least two two knees. And they mm. were just brutal. Like the, the knee strikes were so on point in this match. They just looked horrible. Poor old Rich. Poor old Rich. He really did murder him just right towards the end. Towards the there. end, yeah. yeah. And in the stretch, yeah, he took him out big time. After a certain point, in the match it was just like when not if there's no coming back for for rich it's just adding that damage adding insult to injury and just sort of finally putting him away with the one winged angel and he looked knackered as well and i I wonder Mm. if that was part of the story might be sort of giving too much credit there but um i'm wondering if that was part of the story and Mm. you know hopefully kind of feeds into his his arc from here but yeah, he, he looked absolutely out on his feet by the mm, end of it. Mm. And, you know, as you say, the writing was very much on the wall, but a really quality encounter from yeah. start to finish. I'd love yeah. to see these guys wrestle again. What I'm really happy about is for Impact, you know, when probably the most eyes have been on them in a long, long time, they they delivered start to finish, I felt. Really unfortunate. It looks like, you know, Matt Cardona suffered a legit injury in oh, really? this match, I think. Oh, no. Like looked like he suffered a knee injury um, and sort of cut that match short. Um, you know, they, they did finish the match, but, you know, I don't think it was seemed as intended. Mm. I may have just been worked, but I'm pretty sure Cardona suffered a legit injury there. But yeah, I thought every other match, you know, served a purpose. You know, I think they're doing a really good job of elevating Trey Miguel. Diana Perrazzo continues to impress. I think I would really love in you know, the next few months while she's still the champion, I would love to see a knockouts title match headliner pay-per-view, especially if there's an event where Kenny's not on it. Why wouldn't you have the women's title close out the pay-per-view? Yeah, particularly, yeah, now that there's not the men's singles heavyweight title. Yeah, Yeah. why not? So, yeah, I think I'm really glad that it feels like, because every time we've talked about impact on the show, I feel like I've, really just wanted them to do better like because i just knew the the talents there and just some wonky booking and people that shouldn't be on pay-per-view cards in the year of our lord 2021 they've trimmed they've trimmed that off they've gone right you know right you can put you know you can have like tommy dreamer and stuff you know on the impact plus specials but when it's an actual pay-per-view it needs to be people that you can build a company around in 2021 yeah, definitely. Um, and so I think they did a good job here. Of, uh, of good that. stuff. Well, I look forward to watching the rest of that. That is really good stuff. So you can check that one out. It was on Fight TV. Or you can wait three months and it will be on Impact Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about where where do Impact go from here in terms of not having a a world champion mm. you know, storyline-wise, of course. Because you yeah. would assume that Omega's going to hold that for a while. They'll hold it to ransom. Yeah. So so where do they go? I don't know. Do they sort of perhaps crown an interim champion that then gets to challenge Kenny or mm. hold a tournament for the next challenger when Kenny's availability permits? Or do they have people sort of chase Kenny to impact? Or not to impact, to AEW? Do you think that as a company kind of getting the the upside of this relationship well you know if the reports to be believed that they had sort of like nine times more people tuning into this pay-per-view than any any other Mm. then 
you know, I think they definitely got some some positive out of it. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, so long as they get their win back, if you like, eventually, mm. and it helps put somebody on the map for them to carry them going forward, then all is well that ends well. Yeah. But I think it's a, it's a fun journey thus far. Yeah, definitely. I hope it does end up working out well for Impact. Good stuff. Um, what else did you catch up with? So I did watch night one of Pro Wrestling Magic's uh, Red Letter Day. It's a kind of magic. I really magic. enjoyed that. So they kind of, for the most part, it was eight matches to determine the eight challenges for the vacant Pro Wrestling Magic heavyweight title on the second night. Mm. So that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Our pal... Edith popped up on this again, so she lost out to the eventual winner of the belt, Erica Lee. Oh, okay, interesting, interesting. And the the other match sort of that's worth really drawing a little line underneath is the junior heavyweight title match, which saw the champion Sebastian Cage, who's held the belt forever, defending against Saev Al Sabah. Oh man, Saev Al Sabah is crazy. They had a, an amazing match. Like again, this is one that for me is going to go on the on our best of the year list. Oh, very good. And uh, it's well worth checking out. I, unfortunately, just due to, you know, other commitments, work, and the the other shows that we needed to kind of watch to review for this podcast, I haven't had a chance to watch night two yet, but I'm very keen to go back and watch it. And we'll maybe mention it a little bit next week. Quick thoughts on that one next week. But I do think that, like Camp Leapfrog, Personally, Magic have, you know, every show I've watched from them, I've really, really enjoyed. Um, there's lots of like talent, I mean, that, that have either been new to me or are just bubbling under and are really talented and, you know, are going to be big in the next couple of years, as well as the kind of people at the top of the card that are already reasonable names. Yeah. And I just think they've got a really good thing going there. And amazingly, they just seem really underrepresented by sort of the wrestling media. Yeah, I don't disagree. I like what Magic do. I think they've got their sort of unique ideas and USPs. And as you say, talent that haven't been overexposed, Mm. you know, really good young talent. And I would absolutely urge our listeners to go check them out. Um, They're on Fight TV. All the shows are up on Fight TV. But, you know, why not check out Red Letter Day, Night 1 and 2, and uh, see if your views marry up with Gareth's. So I think it's like six pounds on Fight TV to buy the pack of both Night One and Night Two. Right. That's not so bad. you know, I think a really good deal there. I think if you give them a chance, I think they're a company you'll enjoy watching grow and evolve. Slight um, crossover between Frog Sport and Personal Magic: the use of the gong instead of the ring bell. Like the gong, yeah. Dig into the gong, actually, yeah. Right. So that is magic. That is impact. That is Frog Sport. One other show that we checked out as well there's been a lot of wrestling this week's folks there's been a hell of a lot of wrestling <laughs> uh was the main event of new japan strong which saw filthy tom lawler against Brody king in the finals of the new japan cup usa and it also crowned the inaugural strong open weight champion what did you make of this match oh this is great proper tear up wasn't it yeah just a couple of bruises however i was upset to notice Tom Lawler's jorts they're not jorts they're tights with a jean pattern printed on them (laughs) 
I feel betrayed. <laughs> you, no, you must have known that. No, I've, I've, I, I've you either just not he was wrestling in jorts. <laughs> I did. I just have. I just thought like, wow, those are some very flexible jorts that man has got. Oh, amazing! I love that. That's great. <laughs> More power to you, Tom. That's great. You uh, fooled me. Wonderful. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That made me like this match even more. <laughs> they just kicked, you know, seven seven shades of shit out of each other. <laughs> These are probably two of my favourite US mm. wrestlers at mm. the moment, I would say. And I love seeing them both under the New Japan banner as well. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'd like to see them get a shot over in Japan sooner rather than later as well. Oh, you've got to think as soon as it's easier to get back and forth, they're both going to get that shot in New Japan. Yeah, I love how they presented Filthy Tom Lawler basically from the start. He's yeah. been, you know... Just uh, a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think he's lost yet, actually. Oh, wow. I could be wrong about that. I really like this, you know. I think a, a great choice of first champion in, in Tom Lawler. Yeah, he's... You know, the last couple of years, he's been on an absolute killing spree, hasn't he? He's just doing such good stuff. And it doesn't look like he's going to slow up in no, 2021. No, but same goes for Brody King. Brody King, somebody that's really, you know, jumped onto my radar kind of towards the end of last year in a big way, and just puts on really good matches. And I feel like New Japan USA would do well to continue to you know, use these guys mm-hmm. as part of their mm-hmm. sort of core core few lads to to build it around but i was watching this one and thinking do you know what when new japan usa are allowed to get an audience in this is going to be the the buzz of the town Mm because the wrestling is awesome and actually as its own little microclimate it's a it's a fun little show Mm, you know it mm, has got absolutely its own stories now but the wrestling is so good and I, i do think it kind of flies under the radar a little bit certainly in comparison to the new japan proper so once the crowd's in and people start making noise i think we're going to be hearing an awful lot more about new japan usa Mm, i'd say so yeah so that was really good stuff um great match uh lawler's first challenger is going to be one of his team filthy stable mates is uh, Chris Dickinson surprised Mm -hmm. Tom Lawler that's going to be a goodie yeah that is going to be a goodie (laughs) that's going to be a beastie match so and there's loads of beastie matches in New Japan Strong so yeah it's 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 well worth watching it's not a long show doesn't take up a huge amount of your time and it is some good quality no silliness wrestling um so if you just like the bell to bell there's probably quite a lot you can get from New Japan Strong definitely yeah so that's up on uh NJPW World the subscription service so well worth a check out if you get a chance and I think that concludes more or less everything (laughs) I just want to say I did watch the first half of Polyam Cult 3 oh that's that's on that was on Twitch I think it's still available to watch back so I need I want do want to go back and finish it but what I did see of that was great fun um I'll definitely be back for Polyam Pi 4 well worth a watch okay well let's try and um schedule that in we, maybe we could do that one together that'd be grand i can't remember the last time i watched this much wrestling in in a you've calendar done, week you've done well i thought i'd done well you've done really well that's good stuff all right people we're going to be back after the break talking about pro wrestling noah the glory 2021 we move and we're back, we back. and in this half of the show we are talking about noah's the glory 2021 um, so we spoke to Mark Pickering, 
Noah commentator last week about this show. And yeah, I've been really looking forward to watching this. And uh, boy, did the two, certainly the two title matches deliver in spades. Yeah, oh, for sure. You're going to be talking about these for ages. Big shout out to Mark, by the way. I thought he was a really great guest. Absolutely. Super insightful and got me really excited for watching this show. So yeah, it was really nice to have him on. Okay, where do we go? Let's start with the GHC national title match then. What a match. What a match. Oh my God. This was so good. So this was uh, Kazuki Fujita, who'd previously won the belt from Keno making his first title defense against his Segura goon compadre Takashi Segura. These guys are good friends. They uh, shared, I believe it was three beers each uh, at the press conference. All very pally, but that went straight out of the window uh, once they got in the ring for this one. And dear Lord, this was proper vintage, puro, classic pro wrestling Noah. Two big dudes beating the ever-loving hell out of each other did they oh like there was just one point where they were just delivering i think i want to say like open-handed like chops to the the neck and they just sounded disgusting and you could see the mist of sweat coming off each man when they made contact it was yeah what what a sight we were talking about levels earlier when we're talking about open hand palm strikes or slaps there's levels to that game too because look segura is a big dude and he hits hard, but Fujita hits like a freaking tree falling on somebody. It, I just, oh my God. There was just a little extra mustard in those, weren't there? And like, it's the kind of match you can only have with somebody who you just trust implicitly. Yeah, with somebody that you like. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh my goodness. It was yeah, it just absolutely wild, this match. It made me um, really want to see Fujita versus um, Minoru Suzuki, which well, I'm yes. almost certain has already happened several times, but I'd like to see it now. That would be very cool. Mm. Real goody. Yeah, just everything here just looked real hurty, but I can't think of two men in wrestling that I would rather share a beer with, but are also simultaneously the people I would least like to ever be on the bad side of. It'd be like sharing a beer with a lion. Yeah. You know, like, Just oh, waiting. look at this nice friendly lion that likes to have a beer with yeah. me, but oh, if no. he turns, I'm dead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree more. Because Segura, outside of the ring, always looks like a right laugh. Like, yeah. I loved his VTs that he did with uh, Sakurawa, etc. Mm-hmm. That was really good fun. And he loves his dog. That's very, very cute. Dog. He just seems like a good dude. Like he does I, I just dude. genuinely feel like we would get along great. And the other crazy thing about this is that both of these guys are fifty years old. Fifty years of age. Shouldn't Gareth. be doing that at fifty. Years fifty old. years of age, and they're, and they're beating the crap out of each other like that. Segura's the top of his peck and his neck was just like purple. Like you mm. see all the blood curdle beneath his skin because cool. he's just being absolutely belted by. Fujita's forearms. I mean, this is a bloody killer match. Yeah, this was like a nigh on perfect 18 minutes to this match. Oh, it was. It flew by as well. Absolutely flew by. I love the finish too, where Segura is trying to basically take a page out of Fujita's book and hit him with the the running PK or the soccer kicks. And he levels him with two, I think, and then an Olympic slam. And that's all she wrote yeah. but afterwards. And I, I sincerely hope this was a sell job. Let's talk about it as if it was. Mm. But Fujita's on the deck and his eyes are rolling in the back of his head, like Undertaker style. 
And in a sight I don't think I've ever seen in pro wrestling or MMA for that matter, uh, Fajita was actually stretched out, mm. which was very impactful for somebody like that, you know, who's, you know, done rounds with Fader or Emelianenko, you know, like the all-time great MMA heavyweight and lived to tell the tale. Yeah. Seeing him it, sort of carted out in that fashion was shocking, really. It puts over Segura huge, doesn't it, really? Yeah. So I sincerely hope that was a sell job. Um, if not, I uh, hope he gets well soon. So I really, really like Vegeta. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I, I think he just he just kicks ass. Like it's amazing sort of how many like great old dudes Noah has. <laughs> Noah has great old dudes, don't they? They really do. And I like I really like it when they put them together as well and just let them have a big but then that that just seems to be something i don't know if it's just endemic to japanese wrestling like it's the same for me in like new japan as well like the the new japan dads i love seeing them go at it as well me too yeah eugene nagata is just low-key one of my favorite wrestlers yeah yeah do you mean eugene nagata soon to be on aw dynamite that's the one (laughs) can't wait Oh my gosh, so if you haven't heard that news, uh, Eugene Nagata, yes, Blue Justice, is going to be on AEW Dynamite uh, challenging John Moxley for the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship. What a crazy world we live mm. in at the moment. It's, it's, it's bloody wonderful. cool, isn't it? Just anything can happen. Yeah, so go out of your way to watch the GHC national title match. If you, yes. Basically, if you watch nothing else this week that we've talked about, I'd say, for, for my money, this is this is the match. This is the match. Yeah, this is a bad man match. So after the match, uh, Sakuraba, Segura's tag team partner, they used to be at GHC tag team champions together up until recently, uh, gets into the ring and they have the most laddie, twee little title challenge ever because Segura's basically holding his, his new belt, which, by the way, just as a little anecdotal thing, he was the first ever GHC national champion. He's now the only man to have won it twice. Just a little factoid for you. But yeah, Sakuraba comes in. He says, oh, I like that belt. I quite want it. And, and Segura's <laughs> like, all right, let's 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 have a game of rock, paper, scissors. And if you win, you can have a shot. And <laughs> so Sakuraba wins. And Segura's like, oh, for goodness sake. And then they walk out as mates, presumably off to the pub. Um, yeah, you've got to presume, great. haven't you? Loads of fun. So really do, fun. You, do you reckon that's going to be made for cyberfest it's not actually no it's oh. um they, they have given the date for that one so no it's oh, not. i missed it's, that what it's going on is the um Mitsuhara mizawa uh tribute show oh, okay so there's there's still a possibility of sakuraba and shinsei Aoki. it's gotta be isn't it i think mark mark pickering knew what he was talking about you know, yeah he, he flirted a few things yeah. out that i feel mm-hmm. like they're gonna come true <laughs> so. is, he, is he the nostradamus <laughs> Mark Stradamus. Mark Stradamus. So that match is going down on May 30th at the Mitsuharu Mizawa Memorial nice. Show, which is called Forever in Our Heart. So there you go. Uh, yep. That's nice. So good stuff. And then up onto the main event. This was Keiji Muto. What a, an incredible resurgence we're seeing out of Keiji yeah. Muto. 58 years of age, Gareth. 58 yeah. years of age. What are just these guys a, a really enjoyable GHC heavyweight title clash. Mate, this is great. Masa Kitamiya. Love this dude as well. Yeah. Very, very cool. Muto more than brought plenty to the table here. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, he can see the man can still go. Like he he obviously knows how to work well around his the limitations of age. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I, I can agree more. He's sort of working smarter, not yeah. harder, isn't he? You do see sometimes with wrestlers as they age, they still try and hit all those signature spots and mess them up sometimes, you know, just because they don't have the same the same speed, the same level of agility. Mm-hmm. They've lost the spring in their step and they're trying stuff that they have no business doing it their age whereas i feel like muto is he knows what he has the capacity to to still do well apart from that hand, handspring from a, a few shows back yeah sure yeah <laughs> but generally yeah. speaking he seems mm. to be acutely aware of what he can and can't do and is putting on great title defenses despite those limitations yeah no i couldn't agree more and i thought he worked really well with kitamiya here <sighs> yes like, Kitty is a big old bull, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he's, oh, a, he's a minotaur. Um, I really want to see the belt around his waist before too much longer. Me too. I wouldn't have been sad if he won it. To no, be definitely not. Yeah. But obviously, it does set up a very, a very interesting clash for, I presume, Cyberfest. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, let's get to that in just a second. So, this there's a couple of things I really liked about this, mm-hmm. and one of them was that. Maskitamir is a big bulldozing, headbutting bull of a man. And yet, for the longest part of this match, he was working quite a technical game, mm. albeit with a sort of power through a power lens. But you know, he was going after Muto's knees. He Smart. was working on that prison lock, which I just think is just the coolest submission. Yeah. It looks horrible. It does. You know, of all the figure four variants that there are, and there are plenty that's the one that looks absolutely crushing and i so. enjoy his little like i don't know how to describe it just like wrenching down on it and yeah you know like flexing yeah and you know as we um you know our fears that we discussed with mark mm. did in fact come true and sure enough he he twatted him in the head um <laughs> with a big old headbutt and which he, he had he, he had done on the show previous to be fair as well yeah um, and mito has lived to, to tell the tale so what mm. a double hard man that he is but yeah really good stuff um i liked that mito won this with the shining wizard i've always liked the shining yeah wizard. i love the shining just, wizard yeah i think it, it looks really cool so yeah good stuff i, I like to think that muto can survive the headbutts because his forehead is like calcified from all the all the cuts he's received to that uh, beautiful bold forehead over yep. the last 30 plus years do you know what he does have a beautiful head doesn't he <laughs> I, I really thought that particularly in the, sort of the video beforehand because I'd not heard Mito's voice before and he just wasn't what I was expecting it was if if Sean Connery was Japanese mm. that's what was going on there it was a very sort of suave warm come sit down kind of voice yeah previously i'm only used to hearing him shout motherfucker exactly and he just sounds like ghetto doesn't he i love it i I love he's just just the sweariest really sweary yeah he said it right at the end when he took him out that was adding insult to injury (laughs) on the kitamiya side hell of an upside for this dude um pro wrestling noah we've talked a lot about the elder statesmen that they have and they're all great but boy oh boy do they have some good yeah. younger guys as well and Kitami is you know right at the top of that particular bracket my only thing i would say is that i think he looks like more of a badass in the bright red trousers than he does in the black yeah definitely do you think that's fair yeah <laughs> i feel like that's why he lost if he'd, I, wear, if he'd worn the red next time yeah I, I do think he has a great look though as me well me too 
Yeah, me um, too. You know, really stands out. So after the match, the Ems Alliance, who had uh, won a really good six-man tag uh, a couple of matches prior to this, joined Muto in the ring. So that was um, uh, Mochizuki, Tanaka, and Marafuji. They had the um, photo up and all that good stuff. All seemed very cordial. And then Marafuji gets the mic. And again, per the English translation, appears to about as politely as you possibly could request the title match. Yeah. It was it the night of really polite uh, title match requests. Intrastable title yeah. matches. Yeah, absolutely. I quite liked it. It was all very sporting and very mm. legit. Mito was like, yeah, go on then, fair enough. Yeah. And this one <laughs> has been set for Cyberfest. Yes. So Cyberfest yes. has hit GHC Heavyweight Championship match. So the prophecy is one step closer to being fulfilled. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Double title change at Double Cyberfest. Double title change, yeah. GHC, DDT. I think we both sort of penciled in like younger guys to be challenging. And these are definitely kind of marquee generation matchups, aren't mm. they? You know, Marafuji and Muto, and then on the DDC side, uh, Akiyama and Harashima. But I see what they're doing here. You know, they, they've got the Saitama the, Super Arena to fill yeah, up here. They're arguably know. the biggest draws, aren't they? Yeah. They need marquee matches, and these are marquee matches. If anything, it's just. Let's get as many eyes on Noah, as many eyes on DDT, and as many eyes on TGPW, Gambare, you know, all of the cyber fight stable promotions. Yeah. Let's get, get the fans through the door. And then there's time to put the belts on, on the younger guys soon. You know, I think a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah, I don't disagree. And I also think there is quite a lot of intrigue going into particularly the GHC title match. Yeah. I see a lot of buzz online about the prospect of marafuji reclaiming the top spot and again that's something we touched on yeah, with mark as well absolutely yeah so and, and i'd be interested in that as well we'll see mate maybe you're right mm-hmm. double title mm-hmm. change Who I, I'm, I reckon it's gonna happen i don't know i can't see yakiyama losing it now i really can't because <laughs> you know the only guy that's going to be akiyama is the main man to catch the man that's <laughs> that's who's winning with a gun with a gun <laughs> 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 he doesn't need a gun he's been in AEW he's been learning V-triggers from Kenny yes, he's, yeah. he's got two on one come back with some new techniques it was cool seeing him on AEW really surprising as well but, you yeah. know, he's oh, just the a best a lovely surprise a lovely surprise he had a cracking match with another pal of ours Danny Limelight um, who I was fortunate enough to do an interview with on itrwrestling.com if you want to check that out uh, last year lovely guy and brilliant wrestler and naturally, those two in the ring produce some very cool stuff indeed. So, yeah, worth your while checking that up on YouTube. But anyway, back to Noah and Cyberfight. So this is shaping up to be a pretty big card now. Oh, definitely. Look, and I just want to say before we move on, I'm not saying you definitely will get the call to go to AEW if you do an interview with us. But I'm not <laughs> saying you won't. <laughs> Our track record speaks for itself. Who is the podcast that brought you an English interview, possibly the only English interview with the main man, Takashi Man, and then Ito-chan? Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, moving on. So the table is set for the big belts in DDT and Noah, and all that's left is to see 
who is going to be wrestling for top honors from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Well, that leads in quite nicely to the next point. I see where you're going here, yeah. Mr. Wyatt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Gav, give, give me a rundown of what we're going to be talking about next week. So, we're going to be covering two shows taking place on the very same day. So, we're going to be looking at Tokyo Joshi Pro's Yes Wonderland 2021 coming up first. And then also looking at DDT's Max Bump. And we'll probably look at some other bits and we'll probably have some other news for you as well. But those are going to be the shows we're focusing on. But the reason Liam brings this up is with Tokyo Joshi Pro's show on the 4th, so this coming Tuesday, the title match is signed. The Princess of Princess Championship match is going to be champion Rika Tatsumi versus Miyu Yamashita. So we'll know who one half of the presumably of the title match heading into the 6th of June will be but presumably will there'll be a challenge post-match well actually on the same card there is going to be a number one contendership three-way match oh yeah who's so that you've got Yuka Sakazaki <gasps> Mizuki and Shoko Nakajima amazing so basically out of the five women that could potentially be in the cyber fight title match there is no bad option. This Definitely is a, not. These are all great, great options. <laughs> who, who would? What would you like to see? Like, what, what's the combination you would be most interested in? You know, I haven't seen loads of Rika Tatsumi, but I just feel that it's probably not time for her to drop the belt yet. Mm, mm. So we'll keep Rika in, and we'll go with Mizuki. Yeah, a fine title match, like a really good showcase of what. Tokyo Joshi has to offer, I think. I, I just think Mizuki's so, so good. Oh, absolutely. She's top draw. So, yeah, that'd be great. But everybody involved in this, there's yeah. no lose here. This is. I, I really love all the competitors taking part in that three way. So, I'd be, you know, who, whomever gets the victory there, I, I'll, be very, I'll be very happy. Yeah, definitely. Good stuff. And also some intriguing stuff on that DDT Max Bump card mm. as well. So, we've got the Extreme Championship versus the Ironman Heavy Metaweight Championship. So that's Chris Brooks versus Saki Akai, two <laughs> podcast favourites. We're rolling here. There's also going to be a, a UK-UNO Universal title match. You can kind of see why we've gone for this one because there's a lot of people that we really, really like in high-profile matches. So, yeah, it's going to be good fun. But as Gareth said, we might find a couple of other shows just to touch on as well. So if there's anything in particular that you would like us to have a look at, do give us a shout. You know, we always love interacting with you guys online. Um, so you can do that on Twitter or Instagram. You know, we're at Wrestling Pod. That's wrestling without the E. Uh, for links to the show, for the merch, to our personal Twitter accounts, you can go to wrestlingpod.com. Again, that's wrestling without the E for all that good stuff. Uh, over on itrwrestling.com, you can find articles from Gareth, myself, and the rest of the team be it E or non-E, there's stuff there for you. So do check that out. And if you fancy a magazine, why on earth would you not? It's inside the ropes magazine.com and grab yourself a hard copy. Or if you're in the UK, get down to WH Smith's. Yes, this is crazy scenes that the <laughs> the mag is actually going into WH Smith. So G and I can actually go into the shop and buy it, which is going to be mental. Um that's crazy. Really excited about that. Merch-wise, you know where we're at now, shop.itrwrestling.com. Um, come on, guys, best logo in the game. So, you know, show, <laughs> yeah, show some love. And I think that's pretty much 
so we've watched a hell of a lot of wrestling this week guys i felt like we've been talking for ages yeah i've got square eyes at this point square eyes and no voice so anyway folks thanks so much for hanging around hope you enjoyed the show um and have yourselves a wonderful weekend we'll see you next week in the meantime stay happy stay safe and enjoy the graps Mm -hmm.